1: Hey, No Bad Dog Army, hope everyone's doing well. It is the beginning of January, January 4th, recording this. You guys are hearing this a little after. So excited for the new year, fired up. Um, no Bad Dog Army is strong, and the message is continuing to evolve and grow, and I'm super stoked. So thank you so much for listening. This podcast right here is packed with uh, tons of good information. If you guys are new here to the podcast, we got a bunch of new listeners, just know uh, i I. Do my online training sessions often. Um, we also have guests on the podcast, but I, I do my online training. And we'll do like sometimes three to five a day, and I'm only going to put out the ones that I think you guys are going to really benefit. And this is one of them. We go over uh, things like suppression versus modification. So, when we should actually think about telling the dog no, even though they want to do it and they're never going to modify. When is that appropriate? Why does that matter? We talk about Training your dog with a harness. Is that something you can do? My opinion on it, the things that you can make better with it, how to switch your dog from a heel to a brake, the things you should be doing, and going over some other things. This person has uh, got a six-year-old German Shepherd working on reactivity specifically with her. She's worked with other trainers. She talks about the training and the things that she's done and the things that she's found flaws in and the things that she needs to work on. So we go over so much different things, uh, including how much to train your dog, if you're going on a four-mile walk, when you should be healing your dog and when your dog should be in a break, and what is a break to your dog? What does it mean to the dog? What's okay and appropriate for them to be doing? So ton of good information into this podcast. I know you guys are going to enjoy it, but as you guys know, at the end of the podcast, I will pick three of the most recent podcast reviews with the questions in them and answer them at the end. So make sure, so what does that mean if you're new here? That means that if you guys go to my podcast right now and you review the podcast, in that review column, you'll, you, can ask, you can also ask me a question and I'll answer it at the end of the podcast. It's about the only way that you can actually engage with me in the podcast um, is leave a review and leave your question and I answer them every podcast at the end. So make sure you guys listen to the end. Also, really quick, if you guys are not a part of the No Bad Dog Official Club, it is a full-length, uncut, all my footage is right on there. The link is in the description below. A lot of you guys are already joined, so I appreciate that. It's a safe community to interact with other dog owners and get advice about what to do, as well as watch my uncut, full-length videos. YouTube, you watch it 20 minutes on the No No Bad Dog Members Club, you watch it for up to an hour plus. So enjoy that. Link's in the description below. Enjoy the podcast.
2: Hi, good, how are you? Good. We, I have a six-year-old German shepherd, um, show line, very mellow um, in most cases, um, other than an extremely high prey drive. Um, he's been e-collar trained uh, in, t- in terms of recall, um, away from you know deer and stuff since he was two years old, um, and has always done really well. Um, with that, um, he's been going to doggy daycare, very social with animals, was always the, the dog they use at the daycare to introduce to new dogs. Um, and then two years ago, he was on leash with my husband, and he got attacked by a 40-pound dog that went right for his neck. Mm. Um, and my husband pulled the dog off the dog then ran back and attacked my husband and it was this whole thing. And ever since then, he's been pretty suspicious of other dogs. Um, He still was okay going to daycare, but he kind of stopped playing. He would just kind of sit in the room and stare at the dogs rather than uh, wanting to play. Um, He doesn't really show leash reactivity with my husband. Um, my husband would do like a quick tug of the leash and like, say, leave it and he'll be good and move on. Um, but with me, it's a whole nother story. Um, I'm a very anxious person. Um, so I know it's a lot to do with me. (laughs) Um, but so, so really why I'm calling you is, you know, I've watched a ton of your videos. I hired a trainer about a month ago that was more of, um, kind of letting the dog figure it out themselves i'm sure you've met those kind of trainers rather than obedience um Mm. and it's worked to some extent um we've implemented a lot more structure in his life in terms of going to a place before walks place after walks um healing a lot more Um, i used to let him kind of just walk out in front of me Uh, with a harness. So now we have a slip collar. Um, and so things have definitely improved in the last month, but, um, I watched some of your videos about, um, kind of using the e-collar as a way to say, leave it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've seen some amazing progress, um, but it's still not perfect. And so one of my main questions was, I know you use the, the vibrate. Um, we have the, we don't have the dog tra, we have the one that's the yellow the e e collar. Yep. E collar. Yep. 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 Um and he has longer um I don't know what the right word is, but longer um prong thingies that go into the Contact points. The e- yes, because yep. he has a double coat. Um so if I say leave it, so we obviously I use like heel, sit and everything with the e collar. If I say leave it to like an animal um, other than a dog, um, I press like the like 10, say on the not not the vibrate, but I press the 10. I say leave it and he stops instantly and we move on and it's amazing. If I do the vibrate and say leave it again at the very like a very good timing point, sometimes he'll push through it and it will kind of you'll see him simmer down a little bit and then I'll say, leave it again with the vibrate and then he'll simmer down, but then rise up and then I have to vibrate him again. And so my question is, I don't know if there's a way I can do the stim instead of the vibrate, or I need to stick with the vibrate or I should get the dog with the better vibrate. (laughs) Um, it's clearly working, but it's not fully right. If he's like continuing, if he goes down, rises again, goes down, rises again, clearly there's something still that's not making him like, oh shit, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I'd love your thoughts. Yeah. How old is he? He's six.
1: He's six. Okay. For some reason, I thought you said six months. Okay. No,
0: no, no. <laughs>
1: okay. So he's he's six, and right now you're dealing with, uh, you're still dealing with some of this, um, I guess, reactivity on the leash with you. Yes. Uh, when yes. you're out, but not not with anybody else.
2: Correct. Yes. Okay.
1: So I I would say, does he, do you feel like he knows leave it well? I mean, do you feel like when you say yes. leave it, he okay. And you just... yeah
2: very much so yep okay. um, yep
1: and you feel like the reinforcement behind leave it right now that you're using isn't enough to to snap him out of what he's doing
2: it, it snaps him out to some extent but not fully uh, mm-hmm. because I see that rise of you know is the classic, is attentive tail rises tail wags and so before he does the outburst i do the leave it um and in some cases yes that nips it in the bud and we move on but there are other times especially if the dot the other dog's barking or looking at him funny um that one time of leave it he'll simmer down but then immediately go back up again
1: Mm mm-hmm It's okay. So there's a couple of different things that come to mind for me in the beginning of this is just making sure that you, that your handling is as good as it needs to be because, yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you can use the, you can certainly use the vibrate. You can certainly, um, go out and, and, and use the stimulation and the vibrate to, to disengage the reactivity, yeah. But I, I like to make sure that the handler yourself is yeah. also doing all the right things first. Yep, yeah. um, yeah. Cause I think that that's, that's huge. That's, that's important moving forward um, yeah. because if you, I mean, so I'm just trying to figure out whether or not you think that he actually knows the behavior or he's just trying to figure things out with you on the leash. And also, also, because if, if he is that, reactive with you on the leash and not that reactive with your husband or anybody else on mm-hmm. the leash that also tells me that your handling with them, your relationship with them, and the way that you're working with him is also not where it needs to be. So yes. So I I would rather work on the handling, like I said, you can use the like my my e-collar, the Tom Davis 2ADC. Yeah. The remote yep. collar. That that can certainly be used uh, as a correction as the pager to disengage dogs if they fully understand what they're doing is wrong but I think the core of what you're dealing with is more of what I would be focusing on because then it's there's always going to be a natural part of suppression working with dogs and some reactivity they always want to react like if it's somebody at the door if it's a squirrel or if it's another dog or whatever they're animals so they're going to be like hey you know so I think I would be more focusing on your relationship with them to, to make him feel like he doesn't want to react because obviously okay. it's not other dogs at all has nothing to do with other dogs. It's all of you. So yeah. um, I want to talk a little bit about your training with him so far and the things that you're doing with him and maybe some of the obedience that you're struggling with. So when you're out with him and you're working with him on the leash, mm-hmm. how responsive, how engaged is he with you? How much does he listen to you on command? what What does that look like?
2: Um, uh, so in the past month, it's been incredible. He's got so much better. Um, his healing is pretty impressive. Um, you know, he'll sit instantly. If I stop, if I slow down, he'll look back at me. Um, but if there's a distraction, his, his, uh, remembrance of heal just kind of goes to crap. Um, and so I have to remind him to heal, um it's got dramatically better in the past month Mm -hmm. um which is why i think his behavior around things have got better but again not perfect um his heel could definitely use some work i have to probably correct him in a four mile walk probably like 20 times (laughs) now
1: yeah now when you're when you say you have to correct him 20 times on the walk are you trying to heal him for the full four miles
2: no, no. So I'll do, I'll do stints of, of healing and then I'll tell him free and get him, and allow him to sniff around. Um, and then I'll get him to sit and then we'll heal again. If we do a sit to a heel, he's perfect every time. Um, but like if a car starts going by or, so, or a runner starts going by, that's when his heel kind of goes out of whack. Like it's perfect if there's no distractions and it's just him and I, and he'll even look up at me and smile kind of thing you know and carry on going but when there's a distraction it's it kind of falls away
1: okay <laughs> yep yeah it makes sense so what uh what equipment are you using when you're out training with him
2: so we have the e-collar and then i have a slip collar um and then just a regular obviously his collar with his name on it
1: okay just this flat collar okay yeah yeah all right yeah because I, I think that's what i would be doing is is if you're going out and you're having so walk me through the correction process. So if you're out and you ask him to heal on a four mile walk, yeah, when are you having Uh, to correct him? I mean, where, where's the pitfalls here? Why, why are you having to correct him? Is he, is he getting distracted? Is it just too long for him? What's the deal?
2: I, I think it's just distraction. Um, like he'll pick up a scent or he'll see something, um, you know, kind of like on your videos where you, you I, you know, you stop walking and the dog continues, right? Like that will happen now and again. Um, so my way of correcting him recently has been with the e-collar, just pressing it on four. Um, and four seems to be enough to him to be like, Oh, okay, I get it. Um, and then we're good again. And then it's almost like he forgets. And then I have to press four again. Um, And I, I don't know if I just have to continue to maybe go up higher than four, um, to remind him or, or I don't know.
1: Okay. So with the, when you did a training with the other trainer, did you, did, did that trainer introduce the e-collar or is that something that you guys did?
2: No, um, I've used the e-collar with him since he was two, um, two years old. Um, I didn't actually get like a proper trainer for the e-collar, but um, I watched a ton of videos and my friends who have German Shepherds got bored and trained with e-collars and they taught me a lot. So, um, But it's from the age of two to now, Um, I haven't, I've really only been using the e-collar for off leash hiking and recall from animals. Like I haven't been using it for heel or sit or anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll do, you know, the cool stuff where you're in a park and you know, you, you walk, you know, uh, 200 feet away with your dog being down and stuff. We'll do all of that with the e-collar, but otherwise Mm -hmm. not like just general obedience on the leash.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm trying to, I think it sounds to me that it, your conditioning wasn't you're not conditioning him a, a lot. You're using it as a
2: <clears throat>
1: I don't know. You're using it more as a as a correction, which is fine. It's okay to do. Yeah. It's yeah. just if you don't if you don't condition with it often or you don't condition with it regularly, especially in the beginning when you yeah. taught him when he was a puppy, he's not going to So there's it's kind of like learning a new a new language in a sense. So the more you speak that language the better you'll understand it the more fluent you'll be with it right like the more yeah the more you'll understand what it is but if you just kind of here and there can order you know certain things and not really have a conversation you're not going to be as fluid with it so I think that's one thing I would start recommending if you're going to use the just in this is just e-collar advice in general yeah yeah it's it Yeah. So anyway, so I would start conditioning the remote a little bit more. If you're going to, if you're you're wanting to apply the remote collar uh, pressure when you're out with obedience, you're going to want to condition with it more. So he'll understand, so he'll understand it more.
2: So less of, less of a correction. So even though he knows how to sit next to me, say sit with the e-collar on four. So more of like, I saw one of your videos about you actually just like having a converse, it's like your voice, right? right, rather than a correction.
1: Right. Exactly. Okay. It's so so. It's not so much the the sit as it is the e collar.
2: Gotcha. Okay.
1: Yeah. So okay. yeah. So just so just remember that that when you're when you're working with him the when you're conditioning the remote collar it's it's simply to teach the dog that the e collar is you the e collar is okay. you but if he doesn't yeah. know that super super clearly. It's it it may be it may be hard for you to use it with obedience when you're out and you're you're okay. you're out and you're healing. Um, so anyway, so just keep that in mind too. That if you're going to start using the e collar as a conditioning option and or to teach the dog what you want, you know, what you want him to do, you have to condition with it. You don't want to just use it once in a blue moon when he decides to get a wild hair and, and want to run after another okay. animal. So anyway, yeah, so there's that. that. Um, the other thing is is just working on so I would agree that and, and this is just in general in context of what you've told me I don't know for sure obviously yeah and even if people are in front of me and they tell me what their dog knows I, I still don't know and so I, 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 <laughs> I yeah so I think the other thing that I would I would say is is I think you're probably right and typically when a dog isn't responsive to obedience that they know and you're using some sort of tool right you're using some sort of positive punishment to discourage the behavior or to to correct the dog for not healing or not doing an obedience routine or whatever 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 it is even if you look at a dog that's the wrong way and they get they get punished by it i mean that's still a correction so anyway Mm -hmm. um it it, it's okay to if your dog is doing that there is a likelihood that the correction that you're using isn't enough or your dog just doesn't care about it. Yeah. So, and that's very, very, very common. And okay. Yeah. So, if you ask a dog to do something, it's just like with kids, you know, yep. if you ask a dog to do something and they don't do it because there's, there, it becomes a currency, right? So, yep. you're saying, hey, I want you to sit or I want you to heal in your case. And then there's a squirrel, chipmunk, bird, dog, deer, opossum, whatever. You're correction and the pressure that you're providing to the dog to say, Hey, this is your consequence. This is my reinforcement. If you don't listen, mm-hmm. oftentimes, if the currency that they're looking at chasing, smelling, hunting is greater because they're dogs, they're salvating, they're stimulated, their ears are up, yep. their prey drive is kicked in. A, they don't hear you. And B, they certainly don't feel you. <laughs> so, yep. And, yep. and we've done so many demonstrations on this that Training a dog in a a almost clinical environment inside a training center and or a garage or a whatever, all of those things are are very common for dogs that when they go outside, your correction, your, your your aversive or your reinforcement on the dog, if they decide not to listen, especially if they know, or more importantly, only when they know the behavior. Yeah is predicated off of the amount of pressure you're giving very common. That's why a lot of uh, positive only trainers will fail in certain situations because when you're going out and you're encouraging behaviors, it's all good. And then the moment the dog sees something that is, is greater than the hot dogs or they're not hungry or they don't like food. Boom. You have, you have, so then you have to use all of your handling skills and, or all of your avoidance training to try to, to try to make that situation not so maybe reactive or aggressive or fearful or whatever. And and yeah. then in the, the dog just slowly never gets over anything where if you start using that assertive positive punishment to correct the dog for the behaviors when they're doing something that's where you can start getting over things or at the yeah. very best get a dog to listen to you well as they're suppressed, meaning we're going to heal by the other dog or we're going to heal by the squirrel although the dog obviously wants to go engage into whatever they want, whether it's an aggressive, a reactive, friendly or yeah. suspicious dog, they're suppressed because they know that they, they, they might get in trouble if they don't listen, whatever. Yeah. So, anyway. yeah,
2: I mean, we've made some, I mean, I know it's all about what you talked about the vibrate, but I did, um, he has a big thing with uh Canadian geese and we went to a park mm-hmm. and we walked by the, the geese and I saw his tail react and I, I, I hit him on, I think the, the 10, like 10, eight or 10. And I was very strong. Leave it. And, um, he stopped immediately and we continued to walk back and forth by the geese and he stopped reacting mm-hmm. and we came back the next day. He went to the geese and it was like a different dog. He didn't react to the geese. Correct, he just stared yeah. and looked at them. I mean, it was beautiful. I nearly cried. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so so clearly that that 10 stim leave it made an impact on him whereas it seems like the vibrate he's just like nah not gonna listen to you so i'm i'm kind of torn
1: yeah well okay so if you feel like yeah got it and that's that's good if you feel like the the e- it's very simple if you're if you feel like the e-collar you're using especially if you're using the pager as a as an aversive or as a correction. Mm-hmm. you can move to a, a different correction. You can start with maybe a prong collar with more leash control. You can start with, if you wanted to just stick with the e-collar work, you certainly could. You can you can move to the Tom Davis Dogtra 280C, which has a has a much higher vibrate, which usually yeah. discourages behaviors and stops them before they um, get to that reactive point, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that you could totally do. But um, okay. at the end of the day, again, like, you know i'd really be interested to see how you're handling the situation as well because yeah so if you come out and you're walking and you see another dog and then he starts to get stimulated and he starts to build and you turn and you say heal, i mean i i wouldn't necessarily even be focusing on the the e-collar at that moment okay i would be interested these are the tests that i would run you through if you were in front of me i would say okay mm-hmm. we're going to get another dog out we're going to be in my parking lot there's going to be a a, a big area to work in. And this is something that I do with all my reactive dogs to really see if it's the dog, you know, being overreactive, or it's just the person not knowing what they're doing. And a lot yeah. of times it's a little bit of both. And so when you, when you get out and you say heel, or you turn mm-hmm. and say whatever your heel command is, that's where, um, that's where the, the pressure from the, from the, co- from, I'm sorry, from the leash will be, Prevalent there. That that's what I want to see is is the dog responding to you when you turn, and if the answer is no, then I would I would maybe backtrack a little bit on the on the leash pressure because if you use, I'm just thinking in in a sense of generally if you use a, so you're trying to use obedience to counter the reactivity. If you use the vibrate, you're just correcting the dog for reacting, and in my experience. None of them, are, that's not, they're not bad to use either of them. However, yeah. if you can get away with countering with obedience, I find that the dog long-term will modify the behavior.
2: That makes sense. Yeah. But
1: but the reality of working with dogs and some dogs because of their breed, genetics, upbringing, et cetera, environment, they're always going to react or they're always going to want to react because... For those, you know, specific reasons innately, the, yeah. the pager will help you suppress the behavior, but still have the dog not be reactive, which is totally cool, too, if that's the dog that you have.
0: But yeah. I'm just saying yeah.
1: I would be kind of flexing out both of those things to see what is really going on.
2: So, um, we've made some really good progress in the past week. Like we've been on some pretty wide trails. We've, we, you know, seen a dog from afar coming towards us. And instead of me using the e-collar, I have been doing what you're saying, which is like turn and heal, um, and start doing like very strict healing, um, back and forth. And then, I just pull to the side and get him to sit and he watches the dog go by and it's it's been beautiful um, and it's worked really well. And I haven't had to use the e-collar at all, like a vibrate correction or anything. Um, but that's on like a really wide trail, you know, there's a lot of space. Um, my question to you is when we're on, we hike a lot, when there's like a really thin trail and you kind of have to move to the side um and sit and you can't do any healing back and forth because the trail's thin and you have to Mm -hmm. let the dog pass. Like, do you have any recommendations of of what I can do in that situation? Because those situations I feel like he explodes from zero to sixty a lot quicker. Sure. Like I don't I don't see the tail wag, you know um the kind of stare or anything it's literally he's in a sit and suddenly just bursts Mm
1: -hmm. yeah well a couple things is obviously your I think your energy and your um the way yeah
2: I know that's yeah Yeah. that's a massive I know I am I'm a mess
1: (laughs) yeah the the way that you uh handle the situation is 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 huge um just because like I can I can tell you all day long about turn this way, turn that way, say this, use a food, use a tug, um, avoid, uh, redirect, you know, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on of things that you can do to help counter. However, you know, you you just have to, you just have to make sure that when you're, when you're doing this, that, you know, your handling is also matching what you're trying to do. Um, Because I think that, that uh, that is important that that's something that you're going to have to make sure that you're auditing to that you're doing the right thing. Cause like I said, we can get the chicken and the steak and the tugs and the squeakers and the avoidance and all those things are okay to do in situations yeah. like, so let, let me just walk you through this. If you have a dog, and you're out and you're in a tight space. It's okay to body block and say, hey, this isn't this isn't this is not a realistic situation for my dog to behave in because it's too tight of a space. I don't know the other dogs uh, control. Yeah. I don't know the handlers control. So avoidance, getting in front of the dog and saying, hey, here's a piece of food. Look at me. The dog passes paying the dog and then walking forward is absolutely totally appropriate and something that I do okay. in situations that are just unrealistic to handle it's not gonna yeah. be fair for you it's not gonna be fair for your dog um, it's just not a good situation so with that okay. being said all of that is fun and dandy unless you're handling is crap because then everything's yeah. gonna fall apart it doesn't matter if you say no I want you to handle this and I want you to sit politely regardless of what's happening or yeah. you go the avoidance route if you're talking to your dog too much, giving your dog too much pressure, popping on the leash too much, et, cetera, et cetera, the, the the list goes on. Those are things that you have to work on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I know, I know all of it is me. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's very obvious, but I'm, I'm becoming more confident. Um, the more I'm learning, um, and I think that's showing with how my dog's reacting to situations. But um, it's still those sticky situations where you, where I feel like I have to think real quick. What am I going to do? And then by the time I've thought about what I'm going to do, the dog is already reacting.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So so that's something that you just have to make sure that when you're when you're working on this type of stuff. That your handling is good, like you already said, like oh, I haven't, like you have anxiety when you when you're training the dog or whatever. Like those are things yeah. that you have to work on in order for yep. the dog to to really break through. Those are things yep. that you have to work on to really make a difference within your dog. So you have to. That's something that you have to learn how to breathe. That's something that you have to learn how to 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 handle. You know, no leash pressure, uh, not talking to the dog, and your shoulders are straight. All those things. So it's it's something that you really have to you really have to, to keep in mind when you're when you're working on this stuff that no matter how good your training is, no matter how good your reward system is, and no matter how good you are at correcting a dog at the right time, if your handling is not following up with that, then you're going to have a really hard time kind of connecting all the dots.
2: Yeah, yeah. Do you have any recommendations for, for a better heel, like how to keep your dog engaged with a heel? I mean... Is the e-collar, if I want to go down that route, is the e-collar the way to do that? Or do I need to pay more attention to the the slip collar or maybe get a prong?
1: For handling, you mean?
2: Yeah, in terms of like heel, you know, his heel's perfect until it's not kind of deal like correcting the heel.
1: Yeah. Well, I think working on it privately is the first place to, to, to start. Um, Yeah. Making sure that you, you work on that, making sure that the dog understands what it is, making sure that you're, you're, you're very honest with yourself about how good your dog is handling. Um, Yeah. So that's the first place is, is just pulling the rein. I always tell people like, if you're going out and it's a disaster and your dog is reactive and you're frustrated and you just don't know what to do, go all the way back down to the basics and start incrementally I kind of just like test yourself I think everybody tries to like throw everything together like if you see somebody if you see somebody out walking their dog in a heel and it's perfect you're like all right I'm gonna go try to do that outside you got to remember like dogs are so conditioned animals and they learn through conditioning and they learn through training and environmental changes and it's not an overnight thing so I would suggest kind of pulling the reins back and really auditing how your obedience is in a less distracted environment maybe okay your house first and and if you're knocking things out of the park like that's the first test that I I tell people to do is just do that directional change and see where your dog's at like Mm -hmm. if you go out with your dog and just turn a 180 and go the other way and you say heal or with me or whatever the hell you want to use and your dog goes forward and you go the other way that's a problem yeah so yeah at that point like I don't care about the reactivity and when I say I don't care I'm not working on it I don't I don't I don't care about you know your dog not coming back when they're if you can't do a very basic directional change with your dog with your dog turning with you Mm -hmm. that tells me two things that your dog isn't engaged with you which means there there may be an underlying relationship thing possibly or Mm -hmm. just your dog just is just too stimulated by everything else or your dog just doesn't know it and both of those things so both of those things most times create reactivity and both yeah, of those 100%. things yeah and both of those things are things that you need to combat reactivity and to handle and to modify or at the very yeah. least suppress the behaviors of reactivity so those are things that i would be working on with you as far as your homework is going out doing those directional changes working on your thresholds so putting them into a sit or putting them into a stay grabbing the door opening the door seeing how much he responds to you that's that's what engagement does that's kind of how to audit your relationship with your dog
2: yeah and he does really well with that stuff I mean it's it's great like I'll get him to sit at the door and then I'll say heal and he walks perfectly out the door with me by my side every time I mean for the past three weeks and what,
1: ab- what about making him stay as you walk through
2: Yep, that's that's great too. Um it's just it's as soon as we get out in the big wide world where it's just like
1: Well also, too, you got to think about you got to think about the expectations of the dog as well because that's just yeah. a very basic thing to do, but that's an easy thing for a dog to fall. You open up a door, the dog knows we're going to go through there. So it's good yeah. that he's listening to your your verbal cues and I would be even amping those up even more. And to be honest with you, it's like 60 40 if people saying their dog will do that versus them actually doing it so just, yeah. just work on those things like put him yeah. in yeah like go up to the door say his name tell him to stay grab that door and walk out with him and if you can do that great but a lot yeah. like a lot of people think they can do that or they've worked on that but you've only worked on it under one context which is putting the dog into a sit-stay for six seconds, and then you opening the door and the dog rushing out or whatever. So yeah, anyway, yeah. besides that, I mean, if you're perfect on that anyway, that's great. But what you want to do is start doing some directional changes in the beginning as well because my point okay. is is when your dog that's is facing... That's
2: floor. I know that's off law.
1: Yeah, well, because it's really easy, cows, uh, horses, donkeys, mules, I mean, if you grab their rein or their mm-hmm. their leash, if you will, and you're walking forward, they're like, this is where we're going.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is easy. I know this. This is an easy track for me to follow. But when you do a directional change and the dog has to think, and more importantly, the dog has to engage into the handler to make sure that they're paying attention, that's where you're going to really figure out if your dog's listening or not. Yep. So that's something that you have to you know, be mindful of too, is when you go out, it's not just so much your dog listening to you when you're sitting, because a lot of times dogs will just be looking forward, looking side to side as you ask them to do something. And they're not really that engaged, Yeah, which is, that makes sense. which is okay. But what you want to do is switch gears, say, okay, I'm going to turn 180 at my heels and I'm going to walk the other way. And we're going to see what you're going to do then. That's where yeah. you're going to start. And then that's called a. So if your dog is on your left side, okay. yep, And you're walking and you turn your heels and go back the other way, uh, yep. Say your right shoulder turns in, turns away from the dog. Yep. That's an outside yep. turn. And then you start yep. doing inside turns where if the dog is on your left side, you take your left leg and you turn and you block the dog off and you just 180 and go the other way. Mm-hmm. And these are things that you're going to be doing 180 like a square like turn. It's not going to be something that you're going to be rounding out because then the dog will get very accustomed to rounding out. You want to say, uh, you basically okay. want to surprise the dog. I'm, I'm yep. going this way. Yeah. Boom. Turn around, and then you'll see.
2: Yeah, and when he hasn't been healing very well, I do do the the hard left turn, um, but I think I do it more rounded than the square, so that's good feedback. Um, and and then it's almost like, oh shit, like I do need to pay attention, and then he's good for another, you know, 15 minutes, uh-huh. and then. He- and then he gets crap again. So,
1: yeah, and that, <laughs> yeah, and, and so just just work in increments, too. I mean, a four yeah. four mile walk is is a very long time. And I know you're not healing,
2: yeah, animals, but, I, <laughs> but yeah, you're probably right. i think I think my expectations were, you know, when I do, these kind of sessions, like I know you said online, like on YouTube and stuff like 15 minute, like sessions are like great for dogs and their minds and stuff. And I think somehow I thought like incorporate, you know, we'll go from four to eight miles a day walking. And so I guess I thought, well, this is my time that I can, you know, incorporate the training. But like you said, there's probably a point where he's just like, I'm done. Like this is too much.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too, is remember when I say like a 15 minute session, that means like 15 minutes altogether. That includes the healing, the breaking, all of that stuff, no matter what you're doing. So it's it's almost equal parts. You know, if, if it it was 15 minutes, it's 50, 50 on breaking and and working. But I think more more importantly, it's, 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 it's something that you, again, like say, let's, let's paint a picture here is let's say, you're going out for a four-mile walk and it takes you an hour. I don't know. Let's yeah. just let's just play yeah. it play it easy.
2: Yeah, that's accurate. <clears throat>
1: okay, so what you want to do is is in the beginning say, "Hey, tune up, a calibrate right now with me. You're with me. Yeah, that's where your yeah. directional changes come in. So you you walk out. You do a you do a right. You do a turn right. You turn right away from the dog. He keeps going. Bang! He gets corrected. Say, "Hey, pay mm-hmm. attention to me. Pay attention yeah. to me. You can't. You you. And and here's the thing about working with dogs and I, and I tell people all the time, like I'm not a dog trainer. I, I, I and I'm, I'm more than a behaviorist. I, I, I'm really a teacher with humans. That's all yeah. I do. So, oh yeah. yeah. so it's hard, but here's something that I try to say all the time with my dog clients is just understand that this is in the beginning, what you're going to be doing to really audit, to figure out if your dog is listening and you want to make sure that you have that control before you move forward. Cause that's how everybody gets confused. But when you yeah. do those directional changes, that's where you're going to correct the dog to say, "Hey, pay attention to me. You have to pay attention to me." Now, this is this is geared right towards you. You don't. If your dog, hey, listen. If your dog doesn't react and your dog just wants to be on a flexi on a and on a harness and you don't want to go on a four mile walk, do it. Who cares? I don't care. I certainly am not going to. Yeah care. But if you start yeah. having problems and your dog starts listen stops listening and your dog starts to become reactive and your dog etc. I mean those are things. Okay, well here's what we need to do. Here's maybe some of the equipment and the exercises you need to do. So when you do that directional change and you turn, you're telling the dog you have to pay attention to me because okay. you are making bad decisions. You need yeah. you need to also know that I am guiding this ship. I am the one that is going to be dictating what we're doing out here, right? Yeah, yeah. So I always talk about a micro and a macro, little picture, big picture. The little picture is is your your heel is getting better. He's tightening mm-hmm. up, he's more responsive. But the bigger picture is is the macro is your relationship is is getting better because he understands that you are making decisions and he is not, mm-hmm. and that that will make a big difference in your relationship with him. But okay, so so you do that right in the beginning, and then you do that maybe for and you don't have to go like super far either you can just do it for 3 to 4 minutes just in the first area of your walk and then give him a break and then let him be a dog and then he can not be in a heel and he can sniff and go potty and be a dog i mean that's why we go for these walks you know um so yeah.
2: so that brings up a good point and so you know, I, you know, I tell him free or whatever, and that's when I kind of just stand there and let him sniff and stuff. But can I tell him free and, and we walk without him in a heel and that's yes. okay. Or, yes. Okay. Okay. That's interesting to me. Cause that's, that's good to know. Cause I kind of thought I was in this like state of not being able to move forward if he was free, yep. because I didn't want him to think that suddenly he was in charge.
1: Right. That's, and that's, that's kind of what I was getting at here is there's, okay, yeah. there's some handling flaws that are going on because it's, it's, un and that's why you might get more reactivity. That's why you might get more frustration is because yeah. it's unrealistic for you to say like, Hey, I want you to heal for f- an hour. That's what, that's, yeah. that's essentially what you're doing is I want you to yeah. heal for an yeah. hour. And that's just, okay. again, like that's not realistic. And that's why, you're, yeah. that's why a lot of people fail. Okay. So you you just so my point is is going back so let's say we have that hour I'm just giving you like an hour time frame, spend five four to five minutes in the beginning just saying hey, this is our this is our walk it's not your walk okay mm-hmm. if anything it's my walk right you're with me I'm not with you pay attention, mm-hmm. right so at that mo- it's kind of like I always tell people you, you got um, you got two kids and you're going to Disneyland or whatever. Right. And they're really excited. And you pull up in the parking lot and they can see the rides and they can see the Mickey Mouses and everybody's excited. And then they get out and then y- you immediately have to say, hey, listen, this yeah. is what you know, it's a big, busy parking lot. There's thousands of people in this place. You know, it's it's a, it's a, it's chaos. Right. And the kids are excited. Mm-hmm. Just it's the same thing with dogs. You, you yeah. get your leash and your collar out and they're jumping up and down. And like, Well, yeah, we're going to go, you know, and they're <laughs> so excited to get going and they're going outside. It's their favorite thing in the world. But you have to lay down the ground rules, hold my hand, yep. listen at all times, don't talk to strangers, etc. You immediately say, these are the things that we're going to do to keep you safe because I love you mm-hmm. and you need to mm-hmm. pay attention to me. Okay. Because th- this is a really great thing that can go really bad if you don't, if we don't have expectations and we don't, we're not on the same page.
2: Similarly. I love that approach. I've never, I've never thought of it all this way. So thank you. This yeah. is, this has really helped. So yeah. Um, yeah. So so when we're doing those, that hour walk, or whatever, and we do the initial five, 10 minutes of heel, and then I let him just be a dog. Um, if we do see another dog coming along, I can then take that opportunity to go back into a heel, correct? Right. And get so him to do it.
1: You're going to be, yeah. So within that hour, you're going to be randomizing your obedience Okay. Th- this way. So, so let's say. You walk for 10 minutes and then you do a couple healing exercises for three minutes. You turn, you do directional changes, you do sit stays, pet. So you're saying, pet, you're, you're basically just recalibrating him. Okay, okay. Be, be a dog, now pay attention. Be a dog, now pay attention. And you're randomizing that. That's what I was getting okay. at. First five minutes, yep. break for 10, 15. Um, uh, and he can be in. The only thing, the question I usually get about the break is, what, what is your expectation? And my expectation is just the dog is being a dog and so yeah i have certain things they can't do they can't jump they can't drag me i mean they can be in yeah. front of me yeah. they can be on the left of me i don't really care i mean that that's that's the difference between me and everybody else in the dog world is i'm preparing you for reality i'm not preparing yeah. you for a competitive obedience dog and you know whatever yeah. it's, it's just it's just reality so then you so so that way when you do see that dog it's random so nah, so don't I like that yeah okay. don't wait Because a lot of people will say, I'm only going to work my dog when there's a problem. So then the dog goes, okay, whenever there's another dog, you get nervous. You ask me to do something. You're preparing me for battle. So if you randomize it and then you throw it over in in what he would think, another randomized obedience cue, obedience pattern, Mm -hmm. when actually it's another dog, you're not uh, having any issues. right? So that's what a lot of people do is they wait for the potential risk or the potential problem and they say okay okay hey come okay, come, come, come here
0: come here and they they, <laughs> yeah. they
1: freak out right and they they, they yeah. shuffle all their hot dogs all over the place and they're like okay pop, 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 pop it. and it's like okay so, so my
2: my my dog won't even take food when there are dogs around so right. most dogs. i'm just saying yeah, i'm just saying
1: yeah. and, and, and then the yeah, dog no, goes, the dog's like <laughs> what's wrong what's going on and yeah. then they see the dog yeah. and then they go okay this is a problem now this is a problem i don't i now i'm reactive because mom is With- freaking right <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
2: which leads to my my two final questions which um my dog trainer told my current dog trainer told me to do which i think you're gonna say these are absurd don't do it but i just want to confirm with you so one of them was to say words to prepare the dog for situations. so like you say car or person or dog um to like prep them for the situation. And I feel like you're going to tell me that's the worst thing ever because if you say dog, then they're kind of waiting for battle, right? Um, and so I'd love your thoughts on that because in some situations where I see the dog before he does, I feel like it has helped cause it's got him to acknowledge that there's a dog there. But most situations when I've said dog, he's like,
1: <gasps> Right.
2: <laughs> so. I'm guessing removing that word will be a good thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, so again, it's 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 it, it, the more I um, <laughs> the more I travel because uh, I I do a lot of international stuff now. So I travel yeah. I travel a lot um, doing canine education, if you will. Yeah. And the more I do it, you know, the more th- th- things I hear, and and I'm I'm always lending ear to like new things or things that are different and so it's not wrong or right it's just my opinion is is dogs are very conditioned animals so Mm -hmm. if you're cueing, so a so let's say like a cue would be hey fido sit right that would be like a behavior like hey this is what i want you to do or if you grab the leash this is exciting if you're cueing the dog and you're letting the dog know there is another dog yeah you're immediately throwing the dog into a situation that the dog is going to get anxious. The dog is going to get yep. stimulated. And I guess if your goal isn't to modify the behavior, I I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I try not to like, to me, it, no, to me, it doesn't make sense. I'm not going to tell you yeah. what, what you have to do. I'm just saying that if you're out with your dog, what you really want to do is you actually want to make any dog, any person, any whale, any freaking bird, anything yeah. that you see doesn't matter. You don't care yes. about it. Your dog doesn't care about it. It's not a big deal. Never was, never is. Moving on. Thank you very much. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But the more you yeah. say, oh shit, this is about to happen. The dog goes, whoo, yeah. whoo, 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 and then boom, ankles yeah. go up.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, that's what they yeah. do. Like think about hunting dogs, right? So there's certain hunting dogs and, and hunting protocols where you say something that alerts the dog that there's an animal, that they're supposed to either be killing or hunting or tracking or chasing. So the dog yep. goes, whoa. And they get freaking fired up
0: and oh, they, yeah. they can't I,
1: control themselves. Like, where's the ball? Where's yeah. the ball? Where's the ball? We'll go outside. I we'll want to go to grandma's. Like all of those things. Yeah. Throw a dog yep. into a frenzy and it makes it, that's why when you come home from work and again, this is this, this goes both ways. There's a lot of context in the dog world. I think just context in general, um, doesn't matter if you're a doctor you're a mechanic or you work with dogs professionally, there's context of making sure it's, it's applicable to what we're talking about. And so, Last night I flew in from Colorado. I didn't get home till Mm like 1:30 a.m. I haven't seen my dogs in like four days, and I was like, "Hey, what's going on?" Pet my dogs. They're excited, woohoo! But they're not jumping, they're not spinning, they're not vocalizing, they're not piddling on the floor, they're not (laughs) like all. They're just excited to see me. I can engage into things like that. Now, if your dog is jumping, piddling, crying, scratching bouncing up and down like those are those are things you don't want to say hey this is let's get this going let's let's throw gas on this fire like so yep. there's context yep. to that right
2: yep so yep. no that that helps a lot i mean just saying it to you it sounded stupid saying the word dog so um yeah. but you've you've well
1: because you know you're making it a big deal
2: yes 100 it was like when he was a puppy i used to shout squirrel and he would be super excited and go chase a squirrel like you yeah. said with the hunting dogs like yeah. it's it's stupid. Um, and then my other question real quick was, um, I I've seen a lot of videos where you say it's very important to keep, um, when you are in a heel, um, the dog on a certain side, right? So in my instance, it's on the left side. Mm -hmm. Um, if there's another dog coming and we're doing back and forth heels, and then we actually do want to walk by, um, is it wrong of me and i think you said that you approached this on a video where if i change him to the other side and get him to heal that's almost me admitting that there's a problem and we need to take care of it right like i should always keep him on my left no matter what
1: again this is like the context of um i think it's i think if um okay. My opinion and, and my experience is 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 how you handle the situation. Okay. So I'm out with the dog. Let's picture this. I'm out with the dog, my shoulders are straight, my dog is just going out for a walk, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Like right, not really caring too much, right? I'm I'm working on, you know, I'm pretty much probably talking about all my ideas through my head, not caring about anything else, right? I'm yep, just confidently yep. moving forward. And say I'm on a trail or say I'm out for a walk and i see another dog on the left side that is on a flexi that's really not controlled either by an individual in my case i live in an area where there's a lot of kids so sometimes the mm-hmm. kids will walk the dog it makes you kind of nervous but oh, so gosh. so things like that like yeah i will no problem keep walking keep walking move the dog to my right keep walking move the dog back to my left so okay. it, so it, so again like i say it that way and i'm like yeah that's okay but if yeah. you're like, oh, no, Tom said you can move the dog on the other side. And what you're doing is, is, hey, um, come over here. Come on this side. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go on this. Like, that's the same thing, I guess. But that it's really sense. how yeah. you do it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, again, like you have to. That's the thing with dogs is it's it. there's certain things that are very black and white. And there's there's almost everything else that is very discretionary on the situation you're you're dealing with. And so,
2: yeah, it's yeah.
1: how you handle it. So if he's okay. out on your left side, you see another dog and you just sw- you you don't you don't lose momentum, you don't even say yeah. anything. You just take your leash and you just slide him over to the right. You just keep moving. Do, 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 do. the dog okay. walks by, you move him back over. You're good. It's not a huge deal.
2: Okay. All right. So it's all about, yeah. I I get it. It's all about just not making it into a big
1: Yeah, the more of a big So listen, like dogs don't speak English, right? They don't understand yeah. sentences. So they're yeah. waiting for things to come out of your mouth that they understand. And they're waiting yeah. for things to come out of your mouth. And in the way that you say it, your voice inflection, they're, they're looking for those little cues of what's good, what's bad, what's exciting, what's sad. Right. So every time you say, hey, hey, they're like, oh, this is fun. You say, hey, what yeah. did you do? Oh, that's bad. Right. Yeah. And and all of the things in between. And so you just have to remember that the more of a big deal you make it, the, the more of it is to the dog. Yeah. I mean, it, it's something I learned immediately working with wolves. Like I didn't train with wolves. i worked with wolves in Colorado for like five summers. And that's one thing I really took from them is if you walk in, like you own the place, the animal is going to go, what do you need me to do? What can I do for yeah. you? What's going yeah. on? But yeah. if you walk in you go, oh, and you're looking side to side and you're not sure. And you're asking questions with your vase, And those are things that, that if there's an animal around that feels like they're better at handling the situation than they will. And the more of a big deal you make things, the more of a big deal it is.
2: Yep. That makes 100% sense. And that's why my dog respects the shit out of my husband and not me. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, especially if you're walking and your dog becomes reactive and then you're cueing the dog, there's a dog, let's get crazy. And I mean, that's just, again, that's just like your dog's excited about the ball or the dog park or the car or the ride. You're saying, yep. hey, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. And so you don't want to do that again. Like, and, and again, this is just my, I mean, you're see, that's the thing is like, I, I don't know the context of what that other trainer was saying. So I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm just saying in my, no, understood. in my experience. And then with you saying it out, that's why I always tell my, my clients, and it's so funny when they ask these questions, you know, the answer to the question you asked, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you just want a validation <laughs>
2: Which is A hundred percent. hundred percent. No, I appreciate it. I think, um, yeah, the biggest takeaway I've got from you is getting back down to basics and also not expecting him to heal on four to eight mile walks. Right. So I think, Just switch I, it think up. Gonna, I think that's going to, I think that's going to be massive. And then, and it's, and so then it's okay if we are going on like legit hikes, um, mm-hmm in the mountains with heart like he's okay to be on a harness in front of me as long as like he he gets with a pack like we've done some obedience prior to him going in front on a harness kind of deal
1: yeah i mean again um i don't care what anybody uses it's just when you're when you're trying to make a difference with something and it's not the right fit so the harness is a great tool for the dog being able to pull without getting corrected. Um, so, yeah. if you are hiking, <clears throat> if you're out with other dogs, if you're in an exciting place, you know, that's why we use them for tracking. We're literally mm-hmm. putting a, I mean, look at a tracking dog, a search and rescue dog. We're putting a harness on them. We say, pull me to the right direction right now yeah yeah 100 yeah yeah like and we
2: do we do tracking so yeah, yeah he he does that yeah and
1: that's great but the yeah. problem with harnesses when you're trying to teach a dog how to walk nicely is it doesn't work they're two different yep. tools
2: that's yep. like saying like hey 100%.
1: i need you to go grab a screwdriver and somebody brings you back a ruler you're like i can't <laughs> yeah. do the job with this i need the other tool so, it, yeah, so definitely, sense. I mean, harnesses are fine. Flat collars are fine. No no equipment's fine. It doesn't matter, like, as long as you have control, and I think people get married to that a little bit, especially in the – that's why I remove myself from the dog training world as much as I possibly can because people get very left and right no matter what's wrong or right. It's, it's very yeah. political. It's gross. But, yeah, oh. use a harness. Who cares? Um, but when you're out and you're working on behaviors, you just have to make sure that, okay, my dog isn't really prepared to – handle these situ- like I could bring look my dog Lakota out on nothing. Mm-hmm. But let's mm-hmm. say I wanted to put her on a harness. I can put her on a harness and I can control her off leash and still still listen. So the equipment is is it's not so much about the equipment. But if I couldn't yep. handle her, yeah. Then I would need something to reinforce what I'm trying to say.
2: Yep. No, that makes sense. I, For some reason, I had it ingrained in my head that, like, my dog could never be in front of me no matter what we were doing kind of thing. So it, yeah. it definitely helps me see a different perspective that I'm not – he's not suddenly going to lose faith and trust of me as a, as an owner if he's walking in front of me in certain situations.
1: No, but the, the big thing is it, it's the difference between – being sitting down in math class and paying attention and being very studious and going to recess is yep. you have to say okay the bell is wrong break yeah be a dog Yep. that's yep. the only thing that, that matters runs. is when you okay. say break like again like i can competitively heal lakota like yep. crazy and sh- without yep. any equipment just by one word and the minute i say break she's running away from me looking for a ball to throw Yep. So that's, yep. again, that's, again, that goes way back down to your basics. How well does your dog know heel? How well does yep. your dog know break? And if you don't yep. have that distinguishing factor in between those two, you're going to have a really hard time with your dog compartmentalizing and capturing those behaviors. So you can't, okay. you know, anyway.
2: Yep. That makes sense. Well, you've been awesome. Thank you so much. I really welcome. do appreciate it. Um, you've built up an amazing community and I respect the shit out of you. So thank you for thank being you. awesome.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, are welcome. Good luck with everything. And um, yeah, just get out there and, and keep working. And the only other thing I would add that I haven't is just whatever your dog is re- rewarded with. Um, you know, I know you said he doesn't. T- uh, most dogs choose like a primal instinct over a toy or over food always that's why positive reinforcement when you're out working in these situations is is disabled because they're like yeah "Yeah, squirrel screw your treats you know (laughs) and then they chase the squirrel and they go back to the treats. so the only thing I would say that I haven't said is just if you can find something that your dog is obsessed with or at least mildly attracted to when you're out and you're working on reactivity you Mm -hmm. can pay him with that. Um, so just make sure that, you know, we talked a lot about what to do if your dog doesn't listen, but also just make sure that you're paying him either verbally or externally with something else. Okay. Um, because that's huge to make sure that okay. you tell them like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted you to do.
2: That's okay. It. So that he'll learn it quicker. Okay. Right. Yep. That makes sense. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.
1: Ah, uh, You as well. Thank you. Good luck. All
2: right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
1: Alright you guys, we are at the end of the podcast, and we have two dog training questions. Uh, one of them is, is called the Dog Park Debacle from VP VP Wow VB Roddy's. Uh, Five-star review. Thank you so much for that, VB Roddy's. Appreciate you. Um, your podcast has helped me so much my nine-month-old Roddy. Okay, here's the question. I've been taking Rex to the dog park before and after being neutered. He's nine months old, and he's a Rottweiler, just so you guys know. This dog park has two sections. Usually, Rex is shy and takes a few minutes to open up. We've... Had disasters where the dogs crowd him and he gets and it pisses him off and he pushes them away and the whole pack barks at him and everything is fine after that. He plays so well with other dogs once we are in and even made a few besties. But I cannot figure it out that some dogs just really hate him. Uh, I could probably answer this question right now, but I'll keep going. He's been nearly attacked twice by a Doberman. He plays well with others uh, before after Rex was neutered. There's a Rottie mix that would. Think that you wanted to kill Rex. The owner has to remove the dog from the park whenever we come in because it'll bark at Rex from the other pin every time Rex is across the field. Um, it's gotten sh- it's got a shepherd German Shepherd wild up. Uh, it's got a Dalmatian pinned him to the ground, etc. Uh, Rex is not aggressive. He's playful. He's learned to stand his ground without attacking the Dalmatian. Um, I'm just going to browse through this again. Uh, so all that said, Rex goes to doggy daycare and does fantastic. No issues. He's great with neighbors, dogs. Okay, so this is uh, signed uh, by uh, some of the owners here. So what we're going to talk about really quick is, as you guys know, if you listen to this podcast and you listen to some of the podcasts that I've had before uh, about neutered dogs, there's definitely a thing. So if your dog becomes mature enough, either sexually or physically or both, and usually it's around that eight month, sometimes it's it's anywhere from eight months to past a year I've seen. Um, So your dog is nine months being a Rottweiler, big dog, um, intimidating to most. So I would say that it's 100% your dog being intact for that long. And I'm not saying that it has anything to do, whether it's wrong or right, because I have intact dogs, and I have before, so I don't have any, I don't have any, um, I, I don't have any uh, you know, opinion either way what you do. But I will say, especially having a daycare, we've had a daycare for the last five years as well, and we do not allow dogs any any time over six months old being intact into our daycare, because. Every single time that we've had a dog fight or we've had a dog get pinned or picked on relentlessly from the other dogs is when they are an intact male over six months old. So, I mean, I said 100%, but I'm pretty sure that that's what's going on here is you got to remember that. It, and we've done a podcast with Dr. Ryan Rice, and we actually talk about this in the members club as well. Um, There's some articles that are being imported in there that are pretty interesting that the other community people are putting in. And there's a lot of, uh, so, so first of all, I would go and read that, or I'm sorry, I would go and listen to that podcast with Dr. Brianna Rice. I'm not sure exactly what number it is on my podcast, but you can find it. We talk about it a lot, but there is some definitely great physical benefits personally that I've seen with my personal dogs and my clients that you'll see. But with that being said, typically after, eight months to 14 months with intact males, they can become very, they become targeted um, because they're different, right? They smell different. They look different. They have different hormones. I always tell people, if you've ever seen Billy Madison, it's kind of like when Adam Sandler's sitting in the the kids' uh, school there on the ground with all the young kids, and he's like 30-something years old at the time. It's kind of like that is when he goes into a dog park, people are going to be like, whoa, like he has a, mu- he has a beard and he shouldn't have a beard, you know, that sort of thing. Um, There's a way that I equate it, the way that I've seen dogs look at it, especially if you have another intact male. Um, that is a huge red flag for most areas that dogs don't know each other. Now, with that being said, I always... Um, try to give you guys my experiences cuz that's that's my gig is like you know just experience of working with these dogs. I have another friend um who owns Tucker Budson which is like a he's a golden retriever social media star type cute dog um anyway, Tucker's Tucker's not fixed and Tucker can be around a bunch of intact males with no problems. So I think it it just depends on the dog, it depends on their demeanor. We've actually uh to give you an example on this um vb Roddy's, and i know you signed your name but i'm just keeping that Uh, it's melissa and melissa in virginia um so melissa the other thing that i would say is is we've also kicked uh for an example we kicked this doberman that was intact out of our daycare now this dog was the nicest sweetest most playful dog in the whole world and it absolutely broke our hearts to kick him out of daycare because he was just getting attacked he would get, and it wasn't, so we got to look at the equation of, it wasn't one dog attacking him. It was multiple dogs having a problem with him being intact and he just create, and he was the sweetest, nicest, playful dog ever. His name is Axel. Love that dog. The like the best dog ever, right? But he was intact and he was a target. So I, you know, there's so many reasons why that could be. And I, again, I would, I would highly recommend looking into that podcast that we did with Dr. Rihanna Rice, but um, so so you got to be mindful of that that your dog is now fixed and because he potentially reached that maturity, uh, he still has all of the things that make a dog a target when they're intact. So he still acts, smells, looks, comes off the same, potentially. not sure. but that's it. So you have to be very mindful where you bring him regardless of him being intact because he may all he may have all of the hormones and all of the things that a dog has when they're intact, anyway. So um, physically, it may make a difference, but maybe mentally, it may not. I don't know. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. And we talk a lot about it in that podcast, but I would say it's not you; it's them, and you have to be very responsible and mindful and kind of be the I'm air quoting the bigger person um, and and maybe say like, okay, I'm not going to expose him to these public places because, anyway. Um, so there's that. Um, so all right. Let's move on to here to the to the next one. Help with my Dutch Shepherd, uh, five star review. Thank you so much. Hey Tom, first of all, I want to say great job on the podcast. You're the only dog trainer I can tolerate and listen to for a whole hour straight. I have a Dutch Shepherd similar to yours, and uh, as you can imagine, he has a high prey drive, high energy. Got a million questions, but I'll ask this: doesn't play with a ton of toys I have around for him, and it doesn't keep him it doesn't keep him busy. I work from home, so we go on two or three hour walks per day, which is great. Good job. Um, I don't think he's tired enough. And it seems like he's bored, and I could be wrong, but I wanted your opinion on any tips and toys and games I can make him uh, play to stimulate himself. So as, as, as far as uh, stimulation to himself, I mean, I think a lot of a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about and speaking about are, you know, just brain games in, in general. But what I like to do, is, and I know that my Dutchie and a lot of the Malinois and working line K if you're working lines that I deal with um, they just love obedience with a tug or obedience with food so I know that I think the question is more geared towards what can I do to keep him busy while I'm not working with him um, which it, it sounds like he's sleeping so I mean if he's sleeping and I mean that's what Lakota does my Dutch shepherd is if I'm not working her <clears throat> she's kind of finding look, looking for things to do and if not she's just laying there waiting for me to get up to play with her so I would say if she's sleeping and she's Or he, I'm sorry, if he's sleeping and he's chilling, that's okay. Um, But I would say, as far as your two to three hour walk, I would mix that up and do a lot more obedience and make him work for things. Great example is taking that tug toy or a ball or whatever he loves, throwing it, making him wait, and then breaking him, like things like that, making him just really, really, really being on top of him with uh, the obedience and with the control and the thresholds and constantly testing him when you're out. So, if you have two to three hours a day to work with, excuse me, to work with him, but I would be switching it up. Instead of two to three hour walk, I would be working on a lot of obedience, a lot of brain games, again, a lot of a lot of tests, because that'll that'll make him more exhausted. Mental stimulation is much greater than um, physical stimulation for a lot of dogs, because there's some dogs, boxers, vichlas, um, you know, whatever dogs that you're just never gonna be able to. To, to mentally uh or to physically drain but mentally you can so that's what i would suggest is when you go out and you're working with him do a lot more obedience and things like that so uh great 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 question um and i and i appreciate the feedback um so appreciate you guys so much and uh, i'm so excited to continue to grow with you this year and if you guys want to ask me your dog training questions specifically all you have to do is go to the podcast and leave a review and i'll answer your dog training question next time All right, you guys, take care. Have a wonderful day. Talk to you next week. Bye.
0: When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time.